Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Family Nuggets podcast. My name is Melody Barnes, and I am your host. In this episode of Family Nuggets, we are talking about 10 reasons your child listens to the teacher more than they listen at home. Throughout my years of teaching, I have found that I love talking to parents and giving positive reports about the child's day. I have found, however, that many parents say, I'm not sure who you're talking about. My child doesn't even listen at home. What do you do that's so different? Well, in this episode, I lay out 10 reasons that are really strategies that I use in the classroom that you may find helpful. And if you're already using these strategies, then they'll serve as a good reminder. So let's get into it. Number one, I set expectations during a calm time of the day. I like to set a calm atmosphere in my class. I use yoga, soft music, soft lights, and sometimes just turning off all the technology can help calm everyone down. When you find a calm moment in the day, that's when I like to go ahead and say, okay everyone, this is what I'm expecting today. Their eyes are on me, their hands are quiet and calm, their feet are quiet and calm. They are ready to receive what I'm giving them when I am calm and when they are calm. Number two, I set clear expectations. Expectations and directions are often confused, but they are not the same. So I say the word expectations instead of directions because the direction is the way in which I want the child to move. The direction could be fold your hands, sit down, stand up, go here, go there. But the expectation is my strong belief that it will happen. After I give a direction, such as folding hands or sitting down or whatever it may be, I then say to the child, I know you're going to do it because you want to do the fun things that are coming up in the day. The child usually nods their head or responds verbally and we both have now entered into an agreement. If I do not expect the child to follow the direction, I am already setting myself and the child up for failure. There are also clear consequences. This is number three. The word consequences is not a bad word. Consequences are just the result of an action. That is all. Consequences should be around something that is easily understood by the child, actually accessible, and something the child is fond of. So, if I say, fold hands, sit down, stand up, or go here, if I expect those directions to be followed, then the child should expect to go play, to have fun with their peers, to do the next activity. However, if they do the opposite, not fold hands, they're touching friends, they're standing up instead of sitting, 
they're running around the room instead of going to their seat, then the consequence should be also the opposite. Not going to play with peers, not enjoying the next fun activity. It is accessible and it is something the child is already fond of. Number four, I am unrelenting in my expectations. Here's the thing, I have a considerable amount of time in the day. Sometimes I say, I have all day. There is nothing I put in front of having the child follow through with the directions. Why? Because in these formidable and very short years of childhood, I realize that children grow up. Children will form in their own minds how to move about social systems. And if they do not know how to follow a direction, they will have a hard time when someone does give a direction and a consequence, or when someone simply tells them no. Number five, I celebrate when the child does meet the expectation. Now, depending on the child, I may celebrate or acknowledge the child's behavior differently. I might give a cheer, yay, you did it. I might clap, I might just smile. I might repeat the expectation back to the child or the direction back to the child rather. I like how you sat. I like how you folded your hands. And sometimes I actually may not do anything. Sometimes the child is upset that they actually follow the direction. They might think to themselves that they gave up on themselves. And they might be a little angry and it's okay to let the child just be in that moment. Number six, I allow time and space for the child to be sad or angry with the consequences. If your child has not met the expectation and they are angry with me, it's okay. They will stop being angry. And if I allow myself not to respond to the anger, it usually subsides even quicker. Number seven, I let it go the very next day. I let it go. I remember when I first started teaching, I was in a daycare class and I was only 18. You know, I used to give a direction and have expectations. And when kids didn't follow them, I would be upset the rest of the day, all night, and come back to the classroom upset. The child might come in all chipper and ready to start the day and I would still be mad. I realized, however, <laughs> however I realized, I realized that I could still see the child's face some 20 years later I could still see the child's face when they would come in happy and I would think to myself I could either change my reaction or I could hold on to this so this one little boy he came in 
so excited. He was standing by his cubby. He had these big, big, beautiful eyes, and he was rubbing his hands while he was standing next to his cubby, and he was telling me about his new lizard. And I was still thinking about what the child did yesterday. And in that moment is when I had a moment of clarity. The sun was streaming in really brightly and his eyes were really shiny and he looked expectantly at me for my response. Was I going to say, I remember what you did yesterday and completely ignore what this little person was trying to tell me? Or was I going to realize that I could completely bless his day or ruin his day by holding on to a grudge that I had in my own heart and I decided to let it go. I decided to let him tell me about his lizard. Well, I happily injected phrases like, yeah, that's so cool. That's so neat. Thank you for telling me about your lizard. He then skipped off happily to play with friends and both of our days were made. Number eight, I create time to be one-on-one with the child to develop a relationship based on their interests. I teach preschool, so if I see a child playing with dolls, I will go and play dolls with that child. If they're playing cookie shop, I will go and play cookie shop too. Number nine, there are surprises and celebrations throughout the week and month. I like to party, or as Beyonce says, we like to party. I like to party, really. It's messy and time-consuming but it's memorable and that's what a child is most likely going to reflect on if they are going through a tough spot with you and lastly number 10 i like to sing and dance i don't dance and sing as much as i used to although i'm ready to get back to all that singing and dancing i've pumped it up a little bit but man oh man music Lots of music, singing, lots of singing. It's some of my favorite things about being in the classroom because kids just automatically gravitate to music. If you're teaching a lesson and you change it to a song or a rap or a chant, they're going to memorize it. They're going to engage with it. They're going to love it more than anything else. If you're just talking about it or showing a slideshow or whatever else you're doing that's technology-based, if you take all of that away and you just sing it, or you just dance it, or you just get your body moving, then kids start to just loosen up, give up all of that tension and sometimes frustrating emotions they might be holding on to. And they really, really enjoy not only the day, but they enjoy you. They enjoy seeing you move your hands, move your legs, move your neck, your head, your shoulders, and really just move and groove. They enjoy that so much and that is a connectivity that is so, so powerful that the next time I give an expectation, they're almost like, yes, if I'm going to get this person, when I follow through on the expectation, I'll do it. So here are a few nuggets you can take with you today. Number one, set clear expectations and do it during a calm part of the day. In the home, you might wait until after dinner, everybody's full, they've had their meal, they're feeling great. 
You can give the expectations possibly for the next day during that time or just before a favorite television show or when a child is peacefully playing or you've come home from a nice adventure. When things are calm and things are peaceful, you can give expectations for a next part of the day. You can simply say, now for the next hour, I expect you to do these directions, follow these directions. Number two, don't set yourself up for failure. Try not to say things like, this didn't work last time. I don't know why I think it'll happen now. Or, you're not going to listen to it anyway, so I don't even know why I'm doing this. Number three, don't respond to anger. If your child has not met the expectation and they're angry with you, it's okay. Try not to respond to the anger and watch it subside quicker than it might normally have subsided in the past. Find ways to celebrate your child. There are times when having fun together just means the world to your child. And this is not the same as having your child go to a sleepover or having friends over or having other people around. This is time spent with just you. Find ways to connect outside of behavior. And remember, singing and dancing is always free. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. You can follow me on social media on Instagram at Family Nuggets. And also on my website by searching bit.ly backslash family nuggets. That's spelled F-A-M-L-Y. No I because you cannot do family alone. Nuggets. See you next time.